superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This, 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 this is the Rich Eisen Show. Show, show, show. Let's be positive here. This is a glass half full show. So much of this world is going to crap. We all feel it. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Maybe Houston, Texas are already going up there. <laughs> Two and 15 at best. Today's guests, Titans offensive tackle, Taylor Luan. Buccaneers head coach, Bruce Arians. NFL chief medical officer, Dr. Alan Sills. Two-time Emmy award-winning actor, Eric Stone Street. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Oh, yeah, baby. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. We're going to take you to Labor Day weekend. We're going to have a good time doing it. Stay right where you are. This next three hours is going to be fun, informative, entertaining, and also collaborative. 844-204-RICH is the number dial here on this Friday before Labor Day edition with four terrific guests. We've got Eric Stone Street, who's now reprised his role of Randy Reed, Andy Reed's long-lost brother. One week from today, the uh, kickoff of the NFL season will have gone down Already, we'll already have a result in because the Cowboys and the Bucks will have faced one another in the stadium where Stone Street's Chiefs uh, met, uh, unfortunately for him, an untimely end in last season. The Chiefs are coming into this season as AFC favorites once again. And the champion coach on that night, Bruce Arians, will be on today's program. One week from today, his team will have already played a football game. Cannot wait to talk to the head coach of the world champion, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's on this program. Taylor Lewan of the Tennessee Titans who are raising their hands saying, hey, don't forget about us. Don't forget about us when you got the Chiefs, you got the Bills. Once again, everybody thinks that they're going to the AFC Championship game again. The Browns are saying we've got a shot as they'll take on the Chiefs in the first weekend of the season in nine days from now. Something we'll talk to Eric Stone Street about. You betcha. Taylor Lewan will be on this program. And then to make sure that we keep everybody healthy and safe and so much being discussed about vaccination rates in the NFL. Bruce Arians, again, our second hour guest announcing yesterday the Buccaneers are a 100% fully vaccinated team. The other team uh, on that list, we believe, um, it's only the two of them is the Atlanta Falcons. We spoke to Arthur Smith last week, Bruce Arians today, the chief medical officer of the national football league. Dr. Alan Sills will join us in about 18 minutes time to give us an update on all of that. So much being discussed about different sets of protocols for vaccinated players and unvaccinated players. I'm going to try and make heads or tails of it. Um, 
for you. And if you are somebody out there who is still wondering about whether or not to get vaccinated and what the difference might be, we'll ask Dr. Alan Sills to give us the scoop on all of that for you in the same way I'm sure he is providing it to what we've heard last, just the 7% of the NFL player population that is still unvaccinated, um, either six days or nine days or 10 days removed from starting this season, which we cannot wait. Last night, college football took center stage. Back. It is back. It is back. And it's just, you know, great looking up and seeing, you know, college football and the scores and the clock on the bottom of the screen. And well, you, I like the score the most. Okay, like the I'm sure you most, do. Yeah. And you see the fans and the stands and the kids hopping up and down and the coaches and screaming and yelling. Gus Malzahn looks like a total lunatic on the <laughs> sideline. I think I texted you this last <laughs> night. I'm like, Malzahn just looks insane. I was watching in bed. I was like, oh, my God. Well, I know you were watching in bed because it was 1030 at <laughs> night here in the West Coast. UCF and Boise State started at 945 local time because of a weather delay. And uh, I told you last week, I know it sounds like get off my lawn stuff, but college football game is way too long. Way if, too if long. an NFL game took as long as it took for Boise State and UCF to finish their game last night, People would be freaking out about it. Yeah. And then we, we and then of course college football. We need we need a forty minute halftime show. We just got to have that. NFL twelve minute halftime. Boom, boom, boom. in and out. See in it. Let's out. go. Let's go. I don't understand but how they get anything the, done. The, the one thing that needs to be addressed in college football, and I know I should be sitting here celebrating the return. Uh, we stipulate that we love we love the game. That's why it. we talk Absolutely. about stuff that bothers us so 100%. it can get fixed. Yes, and we always come up. With a fix after identifying problems here on the Rich Eisen Show. We are not one of those to just bitch, moan, and complain and then not offer a solution. Yeah. Nobody likes that. Nobody likes Nobody that. Nobody likes that. Well, most of the, my colleagues in the media just don't mind it. Yeah. <laughs> I got a fix for this, too. Targeting. Targeting. Player safety makes sense. Targeting. In college football. Where, by the way... Outside of targeting, these kids are allowed to blow each other up in a manner that the NFL would have a yellow flag out. And without, and and in a manner in which if the yellow flag doesn't come out, people are like, where the hell's the yellow flag? <laughs> right. Okay. In the NFL, these kids are blown. The number of times I saw full body weight sacks of quarterbacks last night that didn't get flagged. Again, that'll lump it into my fix to this issue. But targeting is an issue in college football and has been for a while. Because it's so damn inconsistent from game to game. And targeting last night, in terms of the inconsistency, re- reared its ugly head right off the bat, and of course with Big Ten refs, who uh, I, I relish <laughs> referring to on my Twitter feed at Rich Eisen with poop emojis. And I didn't think it would take literally one for one game for the Big Ten refs to Big Ten ref. And then, of course, invariably, I'll talk about the poop emojis with the Big Ten refs, and I'll see Pac-12 ref holding my beer, all that sort of stuff. And that's because it's inconsistent across the entire college football landscape. So, last night, the Ohio State University at the University of Minnesota. I will start with this. Boy, is the Ohio State University loaded with talent once again. Just reload. Once again, and I know there's a first half of football. The first half of football and college football is just going to be choppy everywhere. It's just always choppy. If they come out, if your team comes out of the gate looking 
fresh out, out of the box, like your midseason or postseason form, to salud. Congratulations. You know, even the Ohio State University with NFL prospects all over the lot took them a half with their new quarterback to get started. Everybody looks terrific, just like the usually the Ohio State stuff. Quarterback looks terrific. Wide receivers are schemed wide open by Ryan Day. Wide open. And then I'm sure they run terrific routes too. We shouldn't just lay it all on the, the, the scheme. And then you got running backs who just find a seam on a third and four dump pass because the blocking is perfect. And they find a seam and they are much faster than your defensive backs and safeties. They find a seam and gone. Very much See fast. it. Pew. See it. In the same way that Zeke did it like 10 years ago, now there's more. And they're faster. They just year. keep churning them out, and then invariably there's going to be somebody who rushes the passer, uh, generationally talented. Okay? It is it is kind of like a machine now at the Ohio State University. It's, it, they're, all, they're all terrific. And game-changing plays. Last night the game turned on a, a strip sack, fumble, return, touchdown, you know, O.H., I all that stuff. <laughs> and that's what I'm also accused of, of being an Ohio State hater, and thus me bitching about this targeting play, I'm biased. No, I don't like inconsistent officiating, and I don't like officiating that, what's the word for it, stinks. <laughs> and Big Ten refs have this problem every year, and I know SEC ref, everyone will complain about their refs. But last night, what we saw in the fourth quarter, Ohio State was winning this game. This is not about, look, Minnesota could have scored late and then Ohio State could have somehow gone three and out with all of their talented players and uh, Minnesota could have gotten it back and marched down the field and played overtime. I mean, sure, but that wasn't happening. But it was a a two-score game. Minnesota is trying to make it a one-score game, trying, just trying. And they are robbed of getting the football in a first down because their receiver, Mike Brown-Stevens, was blown up by Lathan Ransom. Interesting. Ransom is the last name of, of, you know, of the play. The guy who hit the receiver in the head with the crown of his side of the head. I mean, sure, shoulders made contact, whatever, but he hit the guy, basically knocked him out Ball comes loose. It's now with the kid on the ground as the ball came loose with him going down on the ground after getting the two feet down. It was possession and fumble, no doubt about it. But the reason why he fumbled is because he got hit in the side of his head and was essentially knocked out. You could see when these kids get knocked out, ball comes out, and they don't even def- they don't even put their hands down and try and break their fall. They just, boom, go down. So I see it. I know it. I've been watching football forever. I don't put on the stripes. But I know it. I see it. You could see it. <laughs> and the official rules catch fumble on the field. The play's under review. And I guess the play was under review to see if it was a possession and a fumble. Like, did it never dawn on him for targeting? Because there was no flag on the field. But through replay, because of the player safety rule, you can put a flag on the field through replay for targeting. And they didn't. And it's like, all right, that's the way we're going to start this season. And because this has nothing to do with Ohio State and Minnesota, it could be anybody. It's coming for your team. 
It's coming for your team. It's going to happen to your team. We all know it. And I saw a a flag for targeting get picked up in Central Florida and Boise State late. Trust me, East Coast people, it happened while you were sleeping (laughs) at one in the morning. And I, I agreed with the pickup of that flag, too, because I think that the kid didn't complete... He didn't hit him in the head. He 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 got this head to the side of the player and he hit him hard. It's interpretive. I understand. It should be uniform. And if we are in the age of zooming, if I can zoom into a meeting and somebody on the East Coast could zoom into a meeting and somebody in the Southeast can zoom into the meeting and someone from Europe could zoom into the same meeting. In this day and age, where we're zooming, we're team, we're Microsoft Teamsing, we're doing whatever we're doing, <laughs> and we're also becoming more uniform as a sport because we're starting to poach people from somebody's conference into somebody else's conference, and we're now having historic alliances <laughs> for things like you know uh, academia, the alliance, right? The alliance. Historic alliance. We're all lying. Can we get a historic alliance on what targeting is by getting every official in every conference? I know what. That's like a thousand people, maybe. Good. Get a bigger Zoom room. <laughs> Just like in Jaws, they realized they needed a bigger boat. Get a bigger room and hash it out. So we don't see something different in the ACC from the Big Ten, from the so on and so forth that could go on and on and on. Let's go. This is what it is. Let's get it more uniform. Why can't we? It's coming for your team. It's coming for your team. It's coming for my team. I know it. I know it. Just as sure as I know this, okay? Hmm. I know this. I got a. T- I got a. I got a, a, a. A direct message from my buddy Don. How are you, Don? Fraternity brother from Michigan. You ready for the Michigan season tomorrow? You know what I wrote back? No, I am not. <laughs> no, 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 I am not. Absolutely. No, I am not. And he goes, "Why not? Let's go." <laughs> new quarterback, new defensive coordinator, and I'm like, "I am. Yes, I am fired up. I am fired up." And I also won't take the cheese trying to reach for my remote. After an invariable turnover in the first quarter keeps Western Michigan in it. Like, that's the usual thing. I'm scarred after the last few years with my team. But I'll be there for them. Maybe that won't happen in the first quarter. Maybe we'll come out fresh out of the box, Jim's team, against Western tomorrow. But I'll be holding my breath. Targeting. It's coming for your team. You think it's there? It's not. It's not there. It should be. Like last night, last night, and we could freeze frames and stuff like that. I am looking at a screen of a crown of a helmet of somebody who's clearly leaping at the kid, hitting him in the side of the head. And then on replay, you see the kid go limp Yeah. and a football is resting on the back of his knees. I proffer to say somebody who's already gotten two feet down and possession There's a reason why the ball's on the back of his knees. Come on, man. Be better. Be better. You're in the Big Ten. 
Wouldn't it change the outcome of the game? I don't think. This is not a Michigan-Ohio State thing. Please don't fill my timeline with that garbage. Please don't. I'll shoot you straight every single time. You bet I wanted Minnesota to win last night. But I can call it as I see it because it's coming for your team. And college football, it's just like, we're look, if we're going to start paying kids for their name, image, and likeness, and we're going to start creating super alliances amongst three conferences and start poaching Big 12 to go to the SEC, we're already trying to become a professional league. Get the officiating down pat, please. One big-ass Zoom in Mike Pereira's Zoom room. Let's figure out how he can let people in so he doesn't have to figure out how to keep admitting people. Please. Here endeth the lesson. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. You're looking down like sometimes I, you don't agree with what I'm saying. Do you nope, agree? I, nope, I mean, nope, are, are nope. you with me? No, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I'm just letting, I was letting you go. I was letting you go. You know what I mean? Like, why can't it be uniform? Yeah, I don't know. And then why is it like you, like you said, Big Ten officials? Why is it one conference when you see their officiating crew out there? Okay, we're going to have two or three like wonky plays that aren't that make no sense and they're going right. to trend on Twitter and like why why isn't it top to bottom like in the NFL the call and review in the UCF Boise State game was eventually right it also took them like 4 minutes i'm sitting there going what are you looking at yeah Just and by like, the way when they did that it was over, it was past 1 in the morning ugh. and they showed some family of Boise State fans in the crowd like, i think God they were dressed them. like the Flintstones Still being <laughs> the, the dad looked like fred there was this little girl, poor Pebbles. It was one in the morning. Why is she out there? I mean, I guess if you're driving all the way from Idaho to see a game, yeah. I don't know. They could be family members. I don't know. <laughs> I felt bad for Pebbles. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I wanted to take that girl, give her a hug. Come on. You want to go back to the, you, you want to go back to the room? You want to go back to wherever you're sleeping tonight? Come on, let's go. From I mean, the, wow, it was one in the morning. Rock. It was one in the morning, and they were on like minute four of looking at a targeting call. Ugh. That was a tight game. Bottom line, though, football's back. It's going to be a monster <laughs> college football weekend. Cannot wait. With Sam Howell of North Carolina tonight. See if he can uh, do better than Trubisky. Here we go. Clemson, Georgia, Saturday, Alabama, Miami. You're in town in the Rose Bowl. LSU's coming to town. Take on UCLA, I know. Go Tigers is in town. Yeah, Florida State taking on uh, Notre Dame, right? Monster, monster college football weekend. I love that college football has taken over the Labor Day Day weekend. weekend, I know. It's kind of their kickoff. The NFL's like, you got it. Take it. We'll take it deep into January and February. We got it. Yep. It's awesome. Okay. So we've got a huge, huge show for you. AFC West is the division that we are previewing, and we'll do that on the back end of this conversation we're about to have in, uh, in advance of the one that we're going to have with Eric Stone Street, big-time Chiefs fan in our number three, Taylor Lewan and Bruce Arians in our number two of the Titans and Buccaneers, respectively. TJ's got his five. It's a new segment that we're going to be unveiling. We tried to do it last week, but we kept on talking. <laughs> Um, and we ran out of time. TJ's five. You've picked five 
You don't want to preview what you've you've picked, right? That's the way you want to handle it. Just know that you have picked five of your favorite fill-in-the-blanks. Yeah, you know, it's TJ's top five. It could be five anything. And, okay. you know, from sports-related to food-related to TV, movies, whatever. And okay. We're going to kick it it's off. big ass grab bag. Oh, yeah. Big ass. Well, we got that should l- be the name of it. <laughs> TJ's, TJ's Big, Big Ass, ass grab, grab Bag. That's the name of it. I just don't know if we can get a sponsor of anything attached to the words Big Ass, which we've now said three times. Thank you, Peacock. And this Rich Eisen Show Terrestrial Radio Station, part of the Rich Eisen Show Terrestrial Radio Network. We thank you. Also, thank you if you're listening on Odyssey or later on on our podcast network, Cumulus Pod- Podcast Network or uh, YouTube, Twitter, however you follow the Rich Eisen Show, we appreciate it. Let's take a break. We'll come back with the Chief Medical Officer of the National Football League. What is the difference between somebody being ruled a close contact of COVID, not COVID positive, but a close contact on a Wednesday of a game week if you're vaccinated or unvaccinated? I want to ask him that. Coming up. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What nickname are you most proud of that you did? Oh, man. By the way, I knew that's when I arrived is when you called me. Betty uh, Davis. Rich Betty Davis Betty Eisen. Davis Eisen. And you, you also went Rich Kaleidoscope Eisen. Well, you, you, you did that we too. could definitely go a lot of ways with that. Betty Davis, Kaleidoscope. Lucy in the Sky with Eisen, you also no, gave me could, that yeah, one. Once, once you're on a roll, <laughs> maybe a beer in, then they, then they start coming. Um, Proud. The thing about the nicknames, and I know we've talked about it, is they never, this is revisionist history, when people were well, he really wanted to do this to be famous. Garbage. I did it because it was 2.30 in the morning, and it said Seattle 5, Kansas City 2 with no pictures for a minute. Yeah, right. You got to go with something. <laughs> right. So here's Julio, won't you let me take you on a seat cruise, had three doubles for the Mariners. Okay, so it's just, it came out, it worked, it, we, we, that's not the question you asked me. The ones that work the best are the ones that, they're all plays on names, none are derogatory. But you don't have to eat, so Burt be home by 11. Right, okay? that's a good one. So, <laughs> well, you don't have to know he's a pitcher, you don't have to know he throws a curveball, right. you don't have to know anything. Right. Every kid's heard it, every parent said it. You don't even have to be a baseball fan to get that. So, a lot of them are food, some of them are... I mean, John, tonight, let it be Lowenstein. That's I mean, um, there. I mean, there's Jose, can you see Cruz? O to B, Young again, McDowell. That was good. I mean, there was Jim, two silhouettes on Deshaies. I mean, that's music. Joe, actual retail price. price. I mean, there's just... It's, it was but a here, great it's, it, But there's... 
it's a game everyone can play, you know. And then, then yeah. with football, you go over to high only under highlights, and you know, Eric sleeping with Bianca. That's my Eric sleeping with Bianca or um, Bernard innocent until proven until guilty. proven guilty. That's Everybody my has their, their Andre favorites. Bad Moon rising. Well, that was next. <laughs> well, he tattooed Bad Moon right here. On uh, pre-tattoo no. days, Andre's great. On buddy the left, mine. on the left bicep. No, no way he knew who Creedence Clearwater Revival. Was. <laughs> <laughs> no way. But Bad Moon Rising, you know, there's what? tons of them. I love Chris Berman. YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen Show for our entire archive right there. Over 291,000 subscribers. We're closing in on 300,000 subscribers on our YouTube page, which. Uh, we're very proud of. We're building that. Uh, we're cultivating this caper called the Rich Eisen Show that celebrates its seventh anniversary coming up next month. Our entire uh, library filled with celebrity interviews and and um, great moments. YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen Show for all of that. Right here on Peacock. Right here on the Rich Eisen Show with our radio audience. Back with our Peacock audience. Uh, we paged him, so we might as well get right to him. He's on the phone. <laughs> is, uh, is our next guest on the phone? Line? Yes, he is. He is the chief medical officer of the National Football League. Kind enough to call back in once again uh, onto the Rich Eisen show prior to an NFL season taking place in a pandemic. He is Dr. Alan Sills. How are you, Dr. Sills? Hey, doing great, Rich. How are you? This morning? Uh, I am doing fine. We've got Bruce Arians coming on in about an hour's time. He announced yesterday that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are 100% vaccinated. It, do you have a, a number? Do you know how many teams there are who are 100% vaccinated and know what their vaccination rates are? Do you get a report for something like that, Dr. Silver? Yeah, we do track that very carefully, Rich. And right now, today, uh, around the league, we're at about 93% of all players being vaccinated. And mm-hmm. that's even after the cutdowns, which... Of course, was one of the things we were tracking is is there was some discussion about, you know, as teams reduce their roster, that they might have a, a smaller percentage. But the percentage of vaccinated players is held right at 93%. And, of course, with our staff, it's virtually 100% that all our staff are vaccinated. So uh, we're pleased with those numbers. Obviously, we're going to continue to work on them, and I'd love to see them continue to go up. But that's where we are as we approach the start of the season. Do you know how many teams are actually 100% vaccinated? Dr. Sills? Uh, I think there are two. I would want to uh, just verify that. I think there are two. But again, that's something that's changing every single day, Rich. We're still seeing teams that are having those conversations, having education, and seeing players step forward. So it's a, it's a very dynamic statistic. And I feel like we'll get to some others that do hit that milestone. What do you, what do you do to get the 7% to, 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 to take the jab here? I mean, what, what, what can you do? What is the message, essentially? to players who are still wondering. I think it's just like we do with our patients in the office. I mean, Rich, I'm still a practicing physician, and so it's it's the same approach. You have patients who come in, they have questions, and you just need to walk through their concerns and share with them the data. Um, I'm a a big believer that no one ever gets shouted into belief about these types of issues, so I I think it's about having a a measured conversation and understanding their hesitancy and and trying to address and show that data. And so, as I said, uh, we continue to do that at the club level, I think it's also really important to have a trusted messenger, someone who's who's thought of as reliable and, and, and has a good grasp of the situation. And so that's going to be different for each individual and in each club. But as I said, those conversations are still ongoing, and I've participated in a number of them myself. And 
And again, that's not that different than what we're seeing in the rest of society. This is certainly not just a, an NFL issue. I was that was my next question. Have you personally been reached out to by a player who is doing their fact finding? We've heard players say they need more information. Has a player picked up the phone or asked for your number and called you? Yes, multiple times. That's happened really over the course of the past few months, and. I really enjoy those opportunities. Uh, certainly, as I said, um, a lot of our team medical staffs engage in that, the NFL Players Association and their medical advisors. But, but I really, um, I've enjoyed those conversations because, again, players are, are just like uh, patients. They, they want information. They want to have their questions addressed. And, and so uh, that has been a part of my job over the past few months. Dr. Alan Sills, NFL's, the NFL's chief medical officer here on the Rich Eisen Show. How has the Delta variant changed the protocols and the approaches that you are attempting to put into place along with the Players Association? Well, it's definitely changed the game a bit for us, Rich, in terms of how much more transmissible and and the fact that it changes the symptom profile a bit, particularly in vaccinated individuals. So uh, we're really doubling down and emphasizing the importance of symptom reporting. And I think that's an ongoing challenge, again, not just for the NFL, but the country as a whole. You know, people that are vaccinated uh, if they get a little bit of nasal congestion or a sore throat, they, they don't always think of it as being COVID because they think, wow, I'm vaccinated. This must be something else. Maybe it's my allergies or I picked up a cold somewhere. So we've seen many of those cases turn into be COVID positive cases simply because vaccinated people have milder disease. They don't have the same disease they had back in 2020. Last year when somebody was COVID positive, they were unprotected. You saw high fevers and chills and loss of taste and smell and people that just really felt terrible for a few days to even longer. Uh, This year, again, if you're vaccinated, it tends to be much milder illness, uh, shorter in duration as well, thankfully. And so it is a challenge to get people to to speak up and say, hey, yeah, I want to get tested because, you know, we do know that's one of our best methods for identifying infected individuals. If somebody with symptoms will walk forward and get tested. So we're doubling down on that. And again, that's not just a player issue. That's for staff and everyone in our environment. So vaccinated members of a team, staff, players, are going to get tested this fall starting when? Like what, what, what? I know that it was once every two weeks. Is that going to be now once every week because of yeah, the Delta variant? Yeah, we changed variant? that cadence to once per week, right. and we're dividing the, the pool of tested uh, individuals into three different days so that we're, we're testing multiple people over, over time, kind of getting a snapshot. And then we'll continue on with the daily testing of unvaccinated people. We also do daily testing of of what we call targeted groups. So if someone is exposed, whether they're vaccinated or not, if they have a close exposure, a high-risk close contact to a case, we will test them daily as well for for five days. Uh, And then, of course, anyone with symptoms, as we mentioned, or maybe someone that shares a household with someone that's that's currently infected, we're going to be testing them. So all told, we'll be testing over 1,000 people every day in the league. But it, it, the routine surveillance testing that you mentioned for vaccinated individuals, that, that'll be once per week for each person, unless they'd like to do more. They have the option to request a, a voluntary test more frequently, or if, if they have a high-risk uh, person at home that they're concerned about, they can, they can be tested any time they request. So if a player is vaccinated and is deemed to be a close contact of somebody on a Wednesday during an NFL week with a game coming on Sunday, what happens? Walk me through what happens for that vaccinated player 
for that vaccinated player, they're going to continue to come to the facility each day. They'll test on their way in. Mm-hmm. Um, we will usually put them in a mask for the following five days whenever they are inside. And again, that's if they are a high-risk close contact. If we think they really had a, a substantial exposure to someone that's infected. Mm-hmm. We also do enhanced screening with them. So they have a personal interview each day. We go through a list of screening questions and, and make sure they haven't developed any symptoms. So there's additional testing, there's masking inside, and there's that screening process. And that continues on for five days for the testing and masking, eight days for the screening process. But importantly, they're still allowed to come in the team facility, participate with the team, play in the game if that's relevant, as long as they they don't have any signal on any of those uh, items that we just mentioned. Now walk me through what happens with an unvaccinated player that is deemed to be a close contact on that Wednesday of a game day week. How is it different? Yeah, if they're a high-risk close contact, they're essentially under the same protocols we had last year, Rich, 2020. And that's because we saw so many people who were not protected who had that high-risk exposure and then converted and became positive on testing. So if they're unvaccinated, they're actually out of the facility for five days. They will continue to test each day uh, to make sure, obviously, that we don't detect any signal. But, but they're not allowed into the team environment. And, again, that's strictly based on what we saw last year where many of those individuals eventually turned positive. And if they did, it happened within that five-day window of time. So a vaccinated player who's deemed to be a close contact, uh, high risk, as you mentioned, on a Wednesday has a shot to play on Sunday, but an unvaccinated player, that's it, out because it's a Wednesday and five that's days. Exactly right. Okay. So what do you say to somebody who will then come out and say that's unfair to the unvaccinated player? What do you say to somebody like that? Well, again, all of our protocols are based strictly on one guiding principle, Rich, and that's trying to keep the team environment as safe as we possibly can. Uh, You know, last year uh, and also this year, we said they're going to be positive cases, Uh, again, whether they're among vaccinated or unvaccinated people. As long as this disease is endemic out in society, we're going to see some positive cases. What we're trying to do is identify them, keep them isolated, and mitigate the risk to everybody else in the building. So all of our protocols are strictly built around the idea of what works to keep the team safe. How do we keep the team safe? And certainly what we learned last year through our data Mm -hmm. was if you're unvaccinated and you have one of these high-risk exposures, again, we're not just talking about passing someone in the hallway. We're talking about a substantial amount of time you spent within a a very defined distance with, with a positive individual your risk of converting and becoming positive is is significant. And because of that, we don't want that person walking around in the building and potentially spreading this to others. So, again, our protocols are not about punishment or or distinguishing people, you know, based on choices. It's strictly what can we do to keep it as safe as we can for everybody involved. Science, facts, basically is what you're saying. That's exactly right. Yeah, we've taken the data and we've tried to let the data lead us. And and the reality, Rich, is, I mean, the part that I didn't say is, Mm If you're unvaccinated, you are at a higher risk. If you are unvaccinated and you get exposed, particularly to Delta, in a close manner, you have a really high risk of catching it. It's just very transmissible. So we're just trying to protect everyone, including the person who's exposed, but also, obviously, as I said, the larger team environment. And then Dr. Alan Sills, NFL Chief Medical Officer, you are a neurosurgeon. As you said, you are a practicing doctor as well as you know, just happen to be the chief medical officer of the National Football League in 2021. So what I'd like to utilize this time, if you don't mind, to uh, address some of the responses I've gotten when I have tweeted about, Instagrammed about, discussed on this show about my experience of being a breakthrough uh, infection back in July 
and my desire to get everyone as vaccinated as possible so there are no more variants to pierce my vaccine or heaven forbid what I, you read about might be coming out of the Southern Hemisphere, a vaccine resistance strain, which is freaking me out to be very honest with you. So what do you say to somebody who say masks don't work, Dr. Sills? Well, uh, again, you mentioned, Rich, I'm a surgeon. Uh, I've spent my life wearing a mask in the operating room, and we do that for one simple reason, because they do work. They reduce the risk of passing uh, germs and infection to patients that we're operating on. So I, I think it's very clear that masks are effective in reducing many respiratory diseases. I mean, we've, we've done the same thing for years with tuberculosis and influenza and a host of other diseases. I think what's challenging, of course, is masks work when they're worn properly, when they fit well, and, and when they're worn in the right environment. And that's always a challenge when you start applying that broadly. But, but again, I don't think anyone wants to go in and have a surgery done by someone who's not wearing a mask. I think that's, that's probably would, would feel very odd and is a risk that most people don't want to take. Um, so, so I think it's really, again, about what are the best mitigation measures for each situation and, and how we can we protect ourselves. But beyond the mask, Rich, what I would say to patients are that the, the most effective tool we have right now are these vaccines, most effective tool to keep us safe. And again, keeping us safe means preventing serious illness, hospitalization, and death. That's what the vaccines were designed to do. And by the way, that's what they're doing. I mean, they have a remarkable effectiveness in preventing serious illness and death. We spoke a couple of minutes ago mm -hmm. that if you're vaccinated and you do test positive, it tends to be a very mild illness that's somewhat short-lived. That's very different than what we see in unvaccinated individuals. And so I, I think the data is very clear there. And the last thing I would tell you, Rich, is... Is, is, again, something you could uh, talk to any um, critical care doctor or nurse. You just go to our hospitals nowadays. Um, when you're in our hospitals, the people who are uh, most ill, who are in the intensive care unit and, and who are struggling with severe illness are overwhelmingly unvaccinated. And so I think the data is very clear that these vaccines are doing what they were designed to do which is preventing serious illness, hospitalization, and death. Last time I had you on before last season, Dr. Sills, I was asking you all about the vaccines that I was hoping would be coming. And, you know, as we all know, they arrived with emergency uh, usage uh, approval from the FDA in December. And then we all know what's happened in 2021. What are you hearing about other variants? Are you hearing anything about that, about that that could clearly change the game for protocols in the middle of a season what are you, what are you hearing about what i just mentioned you read about vaccine resistant variants what what's on your radar screen on that front Dr. well Sillis? once again we just go back to sort of our basic virology and, and other infectious diseases rich and, and that's the nature of viral illnesses that they will mutate and other strains will arrive i mean again that's why we have different flu shots every year because different strains of the flu arise so that's really not unique to covid19 and so I think there will be other variants. It will it will develop over time, particularly as we have large areas of the world that are unvaccinated and unprotected, and the virus has a chance to mutate. But I just go back to saying that the data so far so far shows that the vaccines we have are still remarkably effective against all these variants, even Delta, which is so much more transmissible. Um, the, the vaccine is doing a great job again, preventing serious illness, hospitalization, and death. So I have a lot of confidence in the vaccines. Um, as we've said for a league, we're always going to have to be flexible and adaptable. We're going to look at the data and, and see where it takes us as far as our protocols, and, and they likely will change. I mean, as you know, last year they changed throughout the season. They probably will again this year. But we'll do that based on what our data is telling us, what the science is leading us to, 
and doing what's safest for our entire team environment. Dr. Sills, I appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Best of luck. Let's, uh, is that, I, I always ask um, folks in the NFL if they've got a, a target, they got something that they put on the, on the grease board last year, a, a .08, if I'm not mistaken, positivity rate despite no vaccines. Is that, that's, you, you, you want to beat that, right? That's what, that's what you're looking for? In well, I think just to, to, to not get too far in the weeds, Rich, positivity rate, probably the wrong measure this year. We're what looking more at me? incidence rates because we want to just see how many people, you know, potentially, um, you know, can be infected. But more importantly, we want to avoid that serious illness, hospitalization, death, keep, keep our players, coaches and staff safe and their families and be able to get through our season. And I'm very optimistic about that. I think I've said publicly before, I think if our entire country was as vaccinated as the NFL is, we'd be in a far, far different place with this pandemic. So I hope that we can lead the way once again and show the benefits of vaccination and and our ability to pursue some of the things we enjoy in life and and go forward at the same time. Thanks for the time, Dr. Alan Sills. Appreciate it. Thank you. Have a great day. That's Dr. Alan Sills, NFL Chief Medical Officer here on The Rich Eisen Show. So my takeaway from that is the difference between being vaccinated and unvaccinated in the NFL after all the information that's been made available to those who are unvaccinated to get vaccinated, and if they still are not, for whatever reason, here's the difference. Based on what you just heard, the science and the facts. Here's the fact. If you're not vaccinated and it has nothing to do with your religion or for whatever reason, this is just a choice. Your choice to be unvaccinated in the NFL could cost you games and you're not doing everything to win. It's that simple. And I know that sounds maybe controversial or what have you. It's a fact. My buddy Irv said it. Michael is going to go to first take Mondays. You see that with Stephen I A. Smith? That. Mm-hmm. That's going to be something. Yeah. Michael Irvin said it. If you're not vaccinated, you're not doing everything to win. Here's the here's here's the the Emma's truth. Right here. If you're not vaccinated on a Wednesday, you're deemed to be in a close contact, which could be anybody in your life. I know you the whole Kirk Cousins plexiglass wall concept of (laughs) it's not just at work. It's anywhere, anywhere, kid from school, anywhere you're deemed to be a close high risk risk contact. You're out of the game that week on Wednesday. You're out. O U T. If you're vaccinated, you've got a shot to play. What more do you need to crystallize the whole idea of what it means in the NFL just for your job? Forget about, you know, you're part of society. <laughs> Let's see if we can get more of that 7%. That'd be helpful. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. We come back. Let's talk some ball with the AFC West. Let's do it. Okay. You're defending AFC West. AFC champs sit right there. Will either of us, any of us, dare to not put them in first this year? (laughs) 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. What is it like where you're back there? You know you're going to get it. Yeah. The eight in the box or nine in the box yeah. that you see knows you're going to get it. Yeah. And you know you're going to give it to them. Yeah. And they know you're going to give it to them. <laughs> what is that like for uh, you? I just I just love the game. I love having the ball in my hands and I love making plays. And I don't know. I just, it's just the game, man. Like that feeling... When you, when everybody knows and they can't stop it, it's just it's an indescribable feeling, man. And that's just speaking for like us as a team. And you know, I just I just love the game. Yeah, I know it's you're smiling. You're just fun. smiling as you're saying fun. this. It is just it must be an amazing feeling. Yeah, it's a lot of fun to have that ability. Derek Henry here on the Rich Eisen Show. Did you hear what Earl Thomas said before the divisional playoff game? in Baltimore saying that the, t- the Patriots didn't want to tackle you, but they were going to have a different Oh, yeah, I've seen it everywhere. Everybody was sending it to me. Everybody was showing it to me. Yeah, I've seen it everywhere. Okay, so now later on, you're in Baltimore. You get the ball. You're on the edge. Did you know that was Earl Thomas that yes, was coming for you? definitely knew that was Earl Thomas. Did you give him a second shove because it was Earl Thomas? Yes. <laughs> I was wondering. <laughs> yes. Because you gave, him, you gave him one in the front. And you gave him one slightly unnecessary one in the back. But what's so funny about that is I was so focused on giving him another sub that I ran myself out of bounds. <laughs> so I, the first time he kind of turned around yeah. and I could have turned up Phil, but I was so focused on this, like, giving him a sub that I ran myself out of bounds. But yeah, but yeah, I definitely did that because of that. So then the last question is, was it worth it to run yourself out of bounds? I think it was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Derek Henry here on the Rich Eisen Show. Yes, I thought so, too, that you were in the moment, like, okay, I remember this. I see who's coming at me. And again, I love Earl Thomas. I think he's going to have a bust in the Hall of Fame one yeah, day. Yeah, me too. But, yeah, me too. But everybody's, you're an equal opportunity. Everybody gets some yep. type runner. Exactly. Man, that... That's Super Bowl in Miami. I'm not going to lie to you. I just, you know, when I see videos from it, we we were there with a heavy heart because Kobe had just died, right? Mm-hmm. And that just weighed heavily over the entire oh proceeding. And then the fact that it was kind of like the last month and a half of normalcy over yeah. the last, right? Uh, are it's the you, last you big the event. Way, right? oh, oh, 100%. Yeah. We, we, Brockman uh, and I talk about all the time. We were having dinner the night before Kobe yeah, passed, and we were watching... 
LeBron passed Kobe oh, you, on the score. And you were already there. You were already there. We were already right. there. Saturday night. And right. Chris always says to me, like, this is the last, no- that was the last normal day. Yeah. We're back here on the Rich Eisen Show, uh, 844-204-RICH, number to dial if you would care to call. Taylor Lewan will be joining us from the oh, Tennessee yeah. Titans uh, coming up. And then Bruce Arians of the defending Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> and then at the top of hour number three, the AFC champion, uh, Kansas City Chiefs, uh, Randy Reed will be on the program. Wait, I'm being told it's really Eric Stone Street. <laughs> the latest videos of him playing the long-lost brother of Andy Reed. Yeah. Are we sure, Rich? I've never seen out. them both in the same room. Yeah, we good should point. ask him. We'll ask good, Eric that at the top point. of hour three. Very good, good point. point. Uh, now, yesterday we previewed the AFC South. I had the Titans in first place. Uh, you put the Colts up there, correct? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, you know, because I left out Arthur Smith not being there, maybe that's going to change the offense. For the Titans, we'll see. I okay. I don't know. Oh, we'll ask Taylor Lewan about that, won't we? You don't have to Julio point Jones out to Taylor that I didn't pick well, them. Let me though. ask you this question yeah. real quick before we go to that. <laughs> if I could have told you for the Tennessee Titans, you could make a trade with Atlanta. You give Atlanta your offensive coordinator. You get back Julio Jones. How many Titans fans would take that trade? Probably all of them. <laughs> Just probably. You don't think so? I mean, I don't think I personally would do that trade. Arthur Smith, you take our offensive coordinator, but we get Julio Jones back. I would rather have Arthur Smith. Wow. Look at you over there. Really? Okay. I'm delivering this breaking news. Well, you're an Atlanta Falcons yeah, you know, uh, household other- who have seen Julio Jones struggle to stay healthy or be healthy. And that's the other thing, Rich. He's kind of Atlanta. I've also been friendly watch- now. I've watched you know? a lot of Atlanta sports in the last three, three plus years. <laughs> well, we'll see what Arthur Smith does, don't we? Let's do the AFC West. Do you have some NFL films music, Mr. Feller over there with Del Tufo? Please hit it right there. Uh, it is time to preview the AFC West in the 2021 season right here on the Rich Eisen Show, and my, it, look, I'll be surprised if anybody does not have this team winning it. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wind up choosing them to go back to the Super Bowl again. You are. I'm gonna. We're calling it right now. Are you gonna rematch? I don't. I'm. I'm I don't want to go too deep into it. And I'm, I reserve the right to change my mind over the weekend as well, because you know next week is when I have to deliver it next Tuesday on sure. NFL Game Day Morning Season Preview Show, yeah, yeah. the last show in the history of our old. Studio in Culver City. I'm closing the lights. You're not doing it at the new set? Not next Tuesday, no. Oh, wow. It's the last one of the old studio. You were, the, you were first? I'm like Carol Burnett. I'm going to close out the oh, lights. You were first in your last? I'm the first of uh, first Makes and sense. last out, like Makes every sense. like every quarterback should be, right? Love it. It's Mahomes' world. We're rent paying. The Chiefs are number one. I'm taking the Chargers number two. Oh. I'm taking the Chargers finishing in second place. I totally believe in what Brandon Staley is cooking up there. They've got playmakers all over the place. I mean, you wind up, you add up the playmakers on in every spot mm-hmm. in 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 the division, and the Chiefs have the best roster in my estimation. Chargers are right behind them. If not, we'll see proven maybe right there with them. I think they've got playmakers absolutely everywhere in the way that the Raiders and the Broncos don't. And in the Broncos quarterback situation, I need to see. I need to see how that works out with Teddy Bridgewater. And I have a feeling we're going to see Vic Fangio go back and forth between Bridgewater and Drew Locke. He's going to want to see what he's got in Drew Locke before the end of the season. Elway might want to see what he's got in Drew Locke because they're going to they're going to go they're going to be putting uh, 
Green Bay 12 jerseys on their hope chest between now all the way through to January. Right. So um, I, I need to see what the Broncos look like before I have to believe in them. And I'm not saying they 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 can't be better or won't be better than fourth place in, divi- in the division. But I'm taking the Chargers two, Raiders three, Broncos four. Christopher, what do you have over there? Yeah, I'm with you on one and four, Chiefs and Broncos. I don't think anything more needs to be said. You covered it. Uh, but I'm going to double down on what I said yesterday about uh, what would make this season or a fun storyline to kind of follow. I'm going to take Raider Nation uh, to finish second. I think it's a huge year for those guys, uh, for Gruden, for Mayock, and for Derek Carr. And I think Derek Carr is going to ball out. Uh, fans are back there now in the black hole in Las Vegas. And I, and I like the Raiders. I think they're going to have a really good year. Not taking anything away from the Chargers. Love Justin Herbert. Love Keenan Allen and Eckler and their coach, Brandon Staley, really seems to have them <laughs> Bosa, going. Bosa, right Derwin direction. James, no, that's what I mean. they awesome. got playmakers everywhere, brother. They absolutely brother. do. But you know what? Uh, I think Chargers fans, with few that we actually know, they're snake-bitten. Something always comes All and right. gets them. Uh, injuries to Derwin James and the offensive line in the last few years. I don't know. I'm, I'm just feeling Raider Nation this year. TJ, what do you have over there? I mean, basically, we could just edit what Chris said and then just take his audio Cut and, and paste. put it on me. All right. Because I same thing, feel huh? the same way. The Chiefs, obviously, they're you know they're the deans of the division. The Broncos, right? I, I think the Broncos have talent. They've got some good receivers, they do. man. They do have good Jerry receivers. Jerry Judy, Cortland yeah. Sutton. Can I add one more? Can I add one more? Chris, when you draft in next week's draft. Oh, who do you, who do we are we circling? We're right? circling. We're circling uh, Javante Williams, the running back of yeah. the Denver Broncos. That yeah. was the Melvin next. Gordon. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to steal it from you. D- D- Melvin Gordon best have his head on a swivel there, atop yeah. that flow yeah. chart. You're right. I'm sorry. Did I that's take your, Did I take your point? You ruined his flow. I, yeah, that's it. Well, like I said, we could have just used his audio anyway. And yeah. I, the Broncos, I feel they got talent. The Chargers, there's always something weird happens with the Chargers. Yeah. Like you think they're going to be good, and something wonky happens. I'm with you, man. Like I hope the Raiders do well. I, listen, Raider Nation, I ain't got no beef with you. You ain't done. You ain't done nothing to me. I hope the Raiders are good. Football's more fun when the Raiders are good. But they're all looking up at the Chiefs, basically. I think so too. But they're going to be looking up at the Chargers as well. Justin Herbert, year two, bro. And oh, Eckler, yeah. if he's healthy, yeah. and Keenan Allen, right? They still got Mike Williams there. Still got Mike Williams. And Derwin James is no joke. He's gonna if he stays healthy, if, which is a big, huge, a big huge, if. huge if, if, huge if then yeah. there's there's defensive player of the year type sure. stuff in him. Sure. I believe in the Chargers. Words that clearly can come back to haunt. <laughs> I understand. It makes sense. But if Zach Wilson's the next Mahomes, why can't the Chargers be the sleeper team of 2021? Why can't this division get two playoff teams? I think they can. I mean, I mean three. Excuse me, two wild cards. I, I think they could. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see what the Raiders look like. That offensive line, I don't know what they did with it this offseason. We'll see. Lots to talk about. Taylor Lewan of the Tennessee Titans coming up in hour number two. And the same with Bruce Arians, the head coach of the defending champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady had something fascinating to say about how it's the responsibility of offensive players, not defensive players, to keep away from hits. That's coming up in hour three. Don't miss that. That's right here on this Friday. Still here on Peacock. Still, all right, all right. Del Tufo also chimed in, right? He Where did? is Mike today? Uh, probably <laughs> on a boat. Are you serious? Oh, is he all? Is uh, he I, just... I have the perfect job for this. Like I walked in here thinking, like I can't wait to see Del Tufo, and I'm leaving going. 
<laughs> what is that? That was Stone Street. Stone Street. Like, Eric, years ago. Two years ago. Mike was making oh, a, a Del Tuvo point of something, and Stone Street was just like, look, like, I came here to see you, but now I'm like, bleep now, you. Now bleep you, Mike. <laughs> I forgot about that. I, was I feel that like he's doing uh, the big big college game tomorrow, so he's yeah. set up. Yeah, that's where he's at. Yeah. Yeah. What's his setup? I don't know. <laughs> You know, it's technical, Rich. It's right. technical stuff. You wouldn't understand. Hoskins, Papa's, uh, what, what were his AFC West picks? Boy, everybody, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm the only one that said the Chargers over the Raiders. Wolfen on the Chargers. Okay. Look, Chargers, Raiders, I mean, it's six of one, half a dozen of the other. The point I don't is, know about that. The Chiefs are winning the division, so. I, mean, I would think so, barring, you know. I'm, I, I'll be very honest with you. My sleeper team for the AFC's in that division. I've, I'm circling around which one. I think I've just landed on one. Are the Superchargers a sleeper? How could they not be? If they, how could they not be? Well, I mean, they have the like best young quarterback that we've uh-huh. seen in a while. You're sleeping on them. How could you ask if the Chargers were a sleeper when you just slept on them? He didn't sleep on them. You just slept on them. I didn't sleep on them. Yes, you did. You just put them in third place. We 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 talked them up. We we were like, hey, it's not like Every year something weird happens (laughs) with the Chargers. Like, they're either going to win for 59 minutes and lose the game in the 60th, or they're going to be behind for 59 minutes and make a furious comeback but fall just short. It happens all the time. Yeah, I know. And it happens all the time to the Jets, too. But maybe they got the right guy to finally be done with it. Hey, man, it was a coin flip. They won seven games last year. So why can't they be? So I can't be. They can't be a sleeper team. I don't know. We need some rules on what could be a sleeper team. <laughs> if yeah, you're under five hundred and now you suddenly make the playoffs and go on a run, you're a sleeper so team. So you're calling them to make the playoffs. I'm not doing this yet. That's a segment for next week. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, I'm just you know asking questions. That's a segment for next week. We're next week. To stand. Next week's all about predictions. I'm asking questions. Next week's the prediction week. We're just establishing parameters. All right, like I'm not telling you to reveal your TJ's big ass grab bag, top five, or whatever we're calling it. I mean, that's, that's big that's ass it. fans, hit us up. That's it. <laughs>